Chapter Fifteen of Peter Simple. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Sylvia M. B. in Washington State. Peter Simple by Frederick Marriott. Chapter Fifteen. I go on service and am made prisoner by an old lady who, not able to obtain my hand, takes part of my finger as a token. O'Brien rescues me a lee shore and a narrow escape two or three days after this conversation with mr chucks the captain ran the frigate inshore and when within five miles we discovered two vessels under the land we made all sail and chase and cut them off from escaping round a sandy point which they attempted to weather finding that they could not effect their purpose they ran on shore under a small battery of two guns which commenced firing upon us the first shot which whizzed between the masts had to me a most terrific sound but the officers and men laughed at it so of course i pretended to do the same but in reality i could see nothing to laugh at the captain ordered the starboard watch to be piped to quarters and the boats to be cleared ready for hoisting out we then anchored within a mile of the battery and returned the fire in the meantime the remainder of the ship's company hoisted out and lowered down four boats which were manned and armed to storm the battery i was very anxious to go on service and o'brien who had command of the first cutter allowed me to go with him on condition that i stowed myself away under the foresheets that the captain might not see me before the boats had shoved off this i did and was not discovered we pulled in abreast towards the battery and in less than ten minutes the boats were run on the beach and we jumped out the frenchman fired a gun at us as we pulled close to the shore and then ran away there were a few fishermen's huts close to the battery and while two of the boats went on board of the vessels to see if they could be got off the others were spiking the guns and destroying the carriages i went with o'brien to examine them they were deserted by the people as might have been supposed but there was a great quantity of fish in them apparently caught that morning o'brien pointed to a very large skate murder in irish cried he it's the very ghost of me grandmother we'll have her if it's only for the family likeness peter put your finger into the gills and drag her down to the boat i could not force my finger into the gills and as the animal appeared quite dead i hooked my finger into his mouth but i made a sad mistake for the animal was alive and immediately closed its jaws nipping my finger to the bone and holding it so tight that i could not withdraw it and the pain was too great to allow me to pull it away by main force and tear my finger which it held so fast there i was caught in a trap and made a prisoner by a flatfish fortunately i hallooed loud enough to make o'brien who was close down to the boats with a large cod under each arm turn round and come to my assistance at first he could not help me from laughing so much but at last he forced open the jaw of the fish with his cutlass and i got my finger out but very badly torn indeed i then took off my garter tied it round the tail of the skate and dragged it to the boat which was all ready to shove off my finger was very bad for three weeks and the officers laughed at me very much saying that i narrowly escaped being made a prisoner of by an old maid we continued our cruise along the coast until we had run down into the bay of arcasan where we captured two or three vessels and obliged many more to run on shore we had chased a convoy of vessels to the bottom of the bay the wind was very fresh when we hauled off after running them on shore and the surf on the beach even at that time was so great that they were certain to go to pieces before they could be got afloat again we were obliged to double-reef the topsails as soon as we hauled to the wind 
and the weather looked very threatening. In an hour afterwards the whole sky was covered with one black cloud, which sank so low as nearly to touch our mastheads, and a tremendous sea, which appeared to have risen up almost by magic, rolled in upon us, setting the vessel on a dead lee shore. As the night closed in, it blew a dreadful gale, and the ship was nearly buried with the press of canvas which she was obliged to carry, for, had we sea-room, we should have been lying to under storm staysails but we were forced to carry on at all risks that we might claw off shore the sea broke over as we lay in the trough deluging us with water from the forecastle aft to the binnacles and very often as the ship descended with a plunge it was with such force that i really thought she would divide in half with the violence of the shock double breaching were rove on the guns and they were further secured with tackles and strong cleats nailed behind the trunnions for we heeled over so much when we lurched that the guns were wholly supported by the breechings and tackles and had one of them broken loose it must have burst right through the lee side of the ship and she must have foundered the captain first lieutenant and most of the officers remained on deck during the whole of the night what made it more appalling was that we were on a lee shore and the consultations of the captain and the officers and the eagerness with which they looked out for daylight told us that we had other dangers to encounter besides the storm at last the morning broke and the lookout man upon the gangway called out land on the lee beam i perceived the master dash his feet against the hammock rails as if with vexation and walk away without saying a word looking very grave up there mr wilson said the captain to the second lieutenant and see how far the land trends forward and whether you can distinguish the point the second lieutenant went up the main rigging and pointed with his hand to about two points before the beam do you see two hillocks inland yes sir replied the second lieutenant then it is so observed the captain to the master and if we weather it we shall have more sea-room keep her full and let her go through the water do you hear me quartermaster aye aye sir thus and no nearer my man ease her with a spoke or two when she sends but be careful or she'll take the wheel out of your hands it really was a very awful sight when the ship was in the trough of the sea you could distinguish nothing but a waste of tumultuous water but when she was borne up on the summit of the enormous waves you then looked down as it were upon a low sandy coast close to you and covered with foam and breakers she behaves nobly observed the captain stepping aft to the binnacle and looking at the compass if the wind does not baffle us we shall weather the captain had scarcely time to make the observation when the sails shivered and flapped like thunder up with the helm what are you about quartermaster the wind has headed us sir replied the quartermaster coolly the captain and master remained at the binnacle watching the compass and when the sails were again full she had broken off two points and the point of land was only a little on the lee bow we must wear her round mr falcon hands wear ship ready all ready she's come up again cried the master who was at the binnacle hold fast there a minute how's her head now north-north-east as she was before she broke off sir pipe belay said the captain falcon continued he if she breaks off again we may have no room to wear indeed there is so little room now that i must run the risk which cable was ranged last night the best power yes sir jump down then and see it double bitted and stoppered at thirty fathoms see it well done our lives may depend on it the ship continued to hold her course good and we were within half a mile of the point and fully expected to weather it when again the wet and heavy sails flapped in the wind and the ship broke off two points as before. 
the officers and seamen were aghast for the ship's head was right on to the breakers luff now all you can quartermaster cried the captain send the men aft directly my lads there is no time for words i am going to club haul the ship for there is no room to wear the only chance you have of safety is to be cool watch my eye and execute my orders with precision away to your stations for tacking ship hands by the best bower anchor mr wilson at ten below with the carpenter and his mates ready to cut away the cable at the moment that i give the order silence there fore and aft quartermaster keep her full again for stays mind you ease the helm down when i tell you about a minute passed before the captain gave any further orders the ship had closed to within a quarter of a mile of the beach and the waves curled and topped around us bearing us down upon the shore which presented one continued surface of foam extending to within half a cable's length of our position at which distance the enormous waves culminated and fell with the report of thunder the captain waved his hand in silence to the quartermaster at the wheel and the helm was put down the ship turned slowly to the wind pitching and chopping as the sails were spinning she had lost her way the captain gave the order let go the anchor we will haul all at once mr falcon said the captain not a word was spoken the men went to the fore brace which had not been manned most of them knew although i did not that if the ship's head did not go round the other way we should be on shore and among the breakers in half a minute at last the ship was head to wind and the captain gave the signal the yards flew round with such a creaking noise that i thought the mass had gone over the side and the next moment the wind had caught the sails and the ship which for a moment or two had been on an even keel careened over to her gummel with its force the captain who stood upon the weather hammock rails holding by the main rigging ordered the helm amidships looked full at the sails and then at the cable which grew broad upon the weather bow and held the ship from nearing the shore at last he cried cut away the cable a few strokes of the axes were heard and then the cable flew out of the hawse hole in a blaze of fire from the violence of the friction and disappeared under a huge wave which struck us on the chest tree and deluged us with water fore and aft but we were now on the other tack and the ship regained her way and we had evidently increased our distance from the land my lads said the captain to the ship's company you have behaved well and i thank you but i must tell you honestly that we have more difficulties to get through we have to weather a point of the bay on this tack mr falcon splice the main brace and call the watch how's her head quartermaster southwest by south southerly sir very well let her go through the water and the captain beckoning to the master to follow him went down into the cabin as our immediate danger was over i went down into the berth to see if i could get anything for breakfast where i found o'brien and two or three more by the powers it was as neat a thing as ever i saw done observed o'brien the slightest mistake as to time or management and at this moment the flatfish would have been dubbing other ugly carcasses peter you're not fond of flatfish are you my boy we may think heaven and the captain i can tell you that my lads but now where's the chart robinson hand me down the parallel rules and the compasses peter they're in the corner of the shelf here we are now a devilish sight too near this infernal point who knows how her head is i do o'brien i heard the quartermaster tell the captain southwest by south southerly let me see continued o'brien variation two and a quarter leeway rather too large an allowance of that i'm afraid but however we'll give her two and a half points the diomede would blush to make any more under any circumstance here the compass now we'll see 
and o'brien advanced the parallel rule from the compass to the spot where the ship was placed on the chart bother oh you see it's as much as she'll do to weather the other point now on this tack and that's what the captain meant when he told us we had more difficulty i could have taken my bible oath that we were clear of everything if the wind held see what the distance is o'brien said robinson it was measured and proved to be thirteen miles only thirteen miles and if we do weather we shall do very well for the bay is deep beyond it's a rocky point you see just by way of variety well my lads i've a piece of comfort for you anyhow it's not long that you'll be kept in suspense for by one o'clock this day you'll either be congratulating each other upon your good luck or you'll be past praying for come put out the chart for i hate to look at melancholy prospects and steward see what you can find in the way of comfort some bread and cheese with the remains of yesterday's boiled pork were put on the table with a bottle of rum procured at the time they spliced the main brace but we were all too anxious to eat much and one by one returned on deck to see how the weather was and if the wind at all favoured us on deck the superior officers were in conversation with the captain who had expressed the same fear that o'brien had in our berth the men who knew what they had to expect for this sort of intelligence is soon communicated through a ship were assembled in knots looking very grave but at the same time not wanting in confidence they knew that they could trust to the captain as far as skill or courage could avail them and sailors are too sanguine to despair even at the last moment before twelve o'clock the rocky point which we so much dreaded was in sight broad on the lee bow and if the low sandy coast appeared terrible how much more did this even at a distance the black masses of rock covered with foam with each minute dashed up in the air higher than our low mast heads the captain eyed it for some minutes in silence as if in calculation mr falcon said he at last we must put the mainsail on her she never can bear it sir she must bear it was the reply send the men aft to the main sheet see that careful men attend the bunt lines the mainsail was set and the effect of it upon the ship was tremendous she careened over so that her lee channels were under the water and when pressed by a sea the lee side of the quarter-deck and gangway were afloat she now reminded me of a goaded and fiery horse mad with the stimulus applied not rising as before but forcing herself through whole seas and dividing the waves which poured in one continual torrent from the forecastle down upon the decks below four men were secured to the wheel the sailors were obliged to cling to prevent being washed away the ropes were thrown in confusion to leeward the shot rolled out of the lockers and every eye was fixed aloft watching the masts which were expected every moment to go over the side a heavy sea struck us on the broadside and it was some moments before the ship appeared to recover herself she reeled trembled and stopped her way as if it had stupefied her the first lieutenant looked at the captain as if to say this will not do it is our only chance answered the captain to the appeal that the ship went faster through the water and held a better wind was certain but just before we arrived at the point the gale increased in force if anything starts we're lost sir observed the first lieutenant again i am perfectly aware of it replied the captain in a calm tone but as i said before you must now be aware is our only chance the consequence of any carelessness or neglect in the fitting and securing of the rigging will be felt now and this danger if we escape it ought to remind us how much we have to answer for if we neglect our duty the lives of a whole ship's company may be sacrificed by the neglect or incompetence of an officer when in harbour the ship was now within two cables lengths of the rocky point 
some few of the men i observed to clasp their hands but most of them were silently taking off their jackets and kicking off their shoes that they might not lose a chance of escape provided the ship struck twill be touch and go indeed falcon observed the captain for i had clung to the blaying pins close to them for the last half hour that the mainsail had been set come aft you and i must take the helm we shall want nerve there and only there now the captain and first lieutenant went aft and took the four spokes of the wheel and o'brien at a sign made by the captain laid hold of the spokes behind him and old quartermaster kept his station at the fort the roaring of the sea on the rocks with the howling of the wind were dreadful but the sight was more dreadful than the noise for a few moments i shut my eyes but anxiety forced me to open them again as near as i could judge we were not twenty yards from the rocks at the time that the ship passed abreast of them we were in the midst of the foam which boiled around us and as the ship was driven nearer to them and careened with the wave i thought that our main yard-arm would have touched the rock and at this moment a gust of wind came on which laid the ship on her beam ends and checked her progress through the water while the accumulated noise was deafening a few moments more the ship dragged on another wave dashed over her and spent itself upon the rocks while the spray was dashed back from them and returned upon the decks the main rock was within ten yards of her counter when another gust of wind laid us on our beam ends the foresail and mainsail split and were blown clean out of the bolt ropes the ship righted trembling fore and aft i looked astern the rocks were to windward on our quarter and we were safe i thought at the time that the ship relieved of her courses and again lifting over the waves was not a bad similitude of the relief felt by us all at that moment and like her we trembled as we panted with the sudden reaction and felt the removal of the intense anxiety which oppressed our breasts the captain resigned the helm and walked aft to look at the point which was now broad on the weather quarter in a minute or two he desired mr falcon to get new sails up and bend them and then went below to his cabin i am sure it was to thank god for our deliverance i did most fervently not only then but when i went to my hammock at night we were now comparatively safe in a few hours completely so for strange to say immediately after we had weathered the rocks the gale abated and before morning we had a reef out of the topsails chapter fifteen